The national focus on inequality is driving efforts to address long-standing issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion in the financial services industry. This week's podcast guest is Nate Bennett, Chief Diversity Officer at Comerica Bank. He joins us to look at the industry's successes and continuing challenges when it comes to DEI, and also to discuss what's working for Comerica in its approach that might also work for other banks and credit unions. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace is now a front-burner issue for corporations across America, and that includes banks and credit unions. Our guest on the podcast this week is Nate Bennett, Chief Diversity Officer at Comerica Bank. We'll be covering a lot of ground, including looking at the financial industry's balance sheet in addressing DEI, digging down into what's working at Comerica, and also getting Nate's perspective on results from a recent BAI survey focused on DEI. So with all that teed up, Nate, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Great. Thank you. I'm looking forward to the conversation. So, Nate, the desire for equality and inclusion is manifesting itself across the country at marches and rallies as being morally and legally right, not to mention many decades overdue. So financial services is, of course, under the spotlight along with everyone else. So let's open up our conversation with the positive. What are the big things that the industry is doing well right now in terms of embracing and advancing the goals of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Very good question. And we've seen a definitely a significant amount of uh, interest as well as collective thought in this area. And there's been multiple organizations uh, similar to BAI, uh, such as ABA, the American Bankers Association, National Diversity Council, uh, CEO Action, really bringing thought leaders and DEI together uh, to develop really positive direction around changing race and equity in that conversation for good. Additionally, educational platforms are being both reshaped and also for a lot of institutions being developed. Um, and when I say educational platforms, specific to things centered around race and equity anti-racism and allyship. Also, we've seen organizations and financial institutions really open up the conversation, uh, making it okay and safe for our colleagues to have conversations about race in the workplace. You know, as our colleagues bring kind of their true selves to the organization, uh, the importance of talking about the differences, embracing the differences, um, and creating a very open and transparent work environment is critical. It's also contributed heavily to what I see as uh, real game changers in the world of race and equity. And those are things such as improving or shrinking the wealth gap uh, between the different groups. I mentioned the building of allyship programs. Those things are really, really critical as it it's not just about the few or those that are adversely impacted coming together, but it's really bringing about an inclusive direction and effort to really fight against race and equity issues in not just corporate America, but also in our society. So a real drive for policy change. 
it's good to see that there are so many things listed on the asset side of the industry's ledger and societally more broadly. But now, what's on the other side? What are the what are the key challenges that come up regularly when you're talking to peers? And where is the room to accelerate and to improve? People always ask, "Where's the finish line? You know, what are we trying to achieve?" And we're constantly having that conversation. And the challenges that we face today are things that we've been facing for a while, but they've been, they're more pronounced today. So really establishing equity goals and developing tactics to really improve equity within organizations. Um, The conversation around anti-racism, what does that education look like? Um, How do you educate and make all of your colleagues aware of what the issues are both not just in society, but specifically in your workplace. You know, third, really kind of thinking about inclusion in the workplace. Uh, that is a, it's a very complex topic because it's, one, it's, it's somewhat difficult to measure, but it also, in my opinion, it's very customized and specific to each and every organization and the culture that exists within that organization. So how do you define inclusion in your organization? What are some of the things in terms of how do you measure inclusion within the organization? And then how do you tactically uh, build an organization that's focused on improving uh, inclusion in the workplace? And then lastly, which has been an issue for many years, but it's talent identification and also retaining talent. Um, In financial services, it's one of the industries where we are a bit deficient. Think about minority talent for Black, uh, Hispanic, Asian, et cetera, and creating a equal workplace for women as well. So the identification of that talent and retaining that talent are all issues and really challenges that we're faced with today. You mentioned the, the culture part, obviously a, a huge factor. One of the findings from our recent BAI Banking Outlook survey is that close to 90% of employee respondents say that they are seeing strong leadership support for DEI initiatives within their financial services organization. So, you know, part of that is culture. Bringing it back to Comerica, how are the C-suite leaders uh, at your institution driving DEI gains both inside and outside your walls? You know, when I talk to other peers, other CDOs, chief diversity officers, and they ask the question in terms of how are you building your program? You know, I really start with that conversation about the C-suite and that leadership really being the, the key focal point. And at Comerica, we do that through design of our strategic framework, really working through what we call our executive diversity committee, which includes our uh, CEO, myself as a chief diversity officer, um, and then each one of our CEOs direct reports, so our C-suite. So our executive diversity committee is a standalone committee that focuses solely on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the organization and focusing on how are we building that into the overall strategic footprint for the organization as well. Our C-suite also does it through kind of walking the talk through self-perspective. I mean, it's important for each one of our C-suite uh, executives that they go through their own self-reflection in terms of not just looking at themselves from a business perspective, but they also, what we counsel them on is thinking back to uh, everything that has impacted them as an individual, as a human being, and how that plays a role in how they lead in an organization, and how that plays a role in terms of how connected they are to the core values of the organization as well. 
And then also thinking about creating an environment of open communication, creating transparency for our colleagues, our values and, and how we lead from a strategy perspective on the DEI side is what is the impact to our, what we call our promise to our colleagues and what's the promise to our customers and our clients and also our society, the communities that we serve as well. Diversity at the the highest levels of financial service organizations remains a an industry-wide challenge. I'm talking at the board level and among the, the top executive ranks. So how is Comerica doing on the diversity side when you look at the top, both in uh, perhaps absolute terms and, and also relative to the industry overall? Yeah, and it, it's something that uh, obviously, uh, like every organization, we want to continue to improve. And we certainly have opportunity Uh, But I believe we're making the right strides. When we look at our board, our board is made up of 27% women and 27% minorities as well. We continue to look at how do we continue to further diversify that particular group. We'll continue to make strides. When we think about our C-suite, 42% of our C-suite are women and 17% are minority. Uh, So we've made some strides on the women's side. We still have some real opportunity on the minority side. Comerica celebrated 175th or so birthday as an organization. As you would imagine, we have a lot of long-tenured individuals, and we're carefully looking at succession planning um, and opportunities where where we know that we need to continue to diversify our particular C-suite and also our board. Well, we have a lot of opportunity, but I think we compare favorably across the industry. Let me bring it back around to our BAI Banking Outlook research on DEI that I mentioned earlier. That research shows that training events and affinity groups are the, the most common activities at financial services organizations when it comes to DEI. Does this line up with how you're doing it at Comerica? Maybe you could uh, share a bit about some of the specific DEI programs that you have in place that are particularly effective based on the metrics and, and maybe a little bit about what makes them effective. We want to continue to to always educate uh, our population. That's part of our responsibility. Uh, And we have a three-pronged approach. One, from an awareness perspective. Also, the second prong is anti-racism and allyship. And then the third prong is inclusion. Uh, On the awareness side, uh, which many organizations have today, we have a a Masters of Diversity Awareness Program, which we tout as being kind of best in class. And it requires them to take part in educational learning, whether it's reading a book, watching a movie, uh, reading articles, and then providing their their input in terms of how it's impacted them, how it may impact them in the future. Uh, and then also on the anti-racism and allyship side, uh, we have what we call a diversity dialogue series where it's a, it's a series that I drive. It's basically my, I call it my CNN of the organization, but I have an opportunity to really have uh, very live uh, conversations with individuals in our, internally in the organization about race and gender, uh, sexual orientation, and many different topics or diversity dimensions. The third problem on inclusion, a lot of those are really workshop-based, and it's really driving our overall inclusion principles uh, for colleagues and leaders. We do have employee resource groups. Uh, we currently have eight employee resource groups made up of 15 chapters across the organization. We see them as our sustainability partner. They really help sustain and help us have that conversation about equality versus equity. And then things from a learning perspective on the hiring and interviewing side, uh, we have interviewing training, 
that's required for anyone that is hiring individuals and it takes them through unconscious bias training, et cetera. In our BAI Banking Outlook research, we also asked a question about goal setting for DEI. And the responses indicated that goals related to diversity and inclusion are more common than goals related to equity. So I wanted to ask you, why do you think that is? Is the equity challenge somehow a tougher nut to crack than the other two? Well, you know, so one, I would say, you know, when we think about true diversity and where diversity started out, um, you know, it was easier to measure that because once again, people think about diversity, well, representation. So it's easier to measure the gender and the race and ethnicities within the organization. Um, so that's kind of a common area where many organizations started out. You know, inclusion, in my opinion, which is a little bit more recent, is equally as difficult um, in creating goals uh, as it is on the equity side as well. But the, the one thing I would tell you is that the conversation about equity is more difficult uh, because equity really addresses adverse impacts to certain groups in your organization. So I call it a lot of times it uncovers the ugly truths about your organization. And it's something that leaders and organizations, they don't want to talk about because there's fear of litigation issues, the fear of um, how people, your colleagues and customers might respond. So it's those things that are uncovering the ugly truths. But a lot of times the assumptions are made that it's overt things that are creating that. And the thing that makes it more difficult is that a lot of these actions and the adverse impact that creates inequities in your organization come from covert things that are going on, such as biases that created or systems that create that on the surface look equal, um, but systems that allow for a lot of the covert racism that oftentimes plagues organizations. You know, oftentimes leaders feel like creating equitable situations creates favorable situations where you're favoring one group over the other. But what we always talk about it is we're looking for adverse impact for any particular group. It could be also the majority group in terms of where we're seeing that particular impact. Uh, but what we're trying to do is create objectivity to create equity, which in turn, in my opinion, allows for organizations to create an environment that's that's very healthy competitively, that's driving really top line performance, et cetera. It sounds like what you're saying is there are internal constituencies with their own equity interests, perhaps within organizations and and particularly as the opportunity pyramid narrows, the higher you go, this may lead to tensions or conflict or even at times a perception that it's a, a zero-sum game. So if that's the case, how do you balance these competing equity interests at Comerica and how tough a job is that? We're balancing that conversation not just with leaders, but also with colleagues as well. Because as much as I may hear it back from a leader, um, I'll have colleague um, either email me or call me to have a conversation about, you know, why is it that we have a reverse mentoring program for women in our women's forum and we don't have anything for such and such particular group? And, you know, so it's a balancing act. We have deliberate conversations with our leaders about where the inequities in the organization exist. Where are we seeing adverse impact to hiring? Where are we seeing adverse impact to promotions? What groups are being impacted? Are they women? Are they black? Are they Hispanic? Where is that impact? You know, what's causing that potential impact overall? We're not saying that we have individuals that are deliberately racist in the organization or doing things that are overt in nature. Uh, you may have that on occasion, 
Um, but it's just a mere fact of the things that are a lot of times out of our control, done uh, in the unconscious mind that we have to always continue to keep top of mind. We also have to recognize there's some fragility that happens um, in terms of the willing to accept and understand. I mean, we have to empathize with each particular group and talk about it in both ways. But the one thing that we always kind of circle it back to is the more that we all succeed, the more that the organization succeeds. And look at the positives in terms of the work that we're doing. DEI is is no doubt a journey for a financial services and organization, and that journey may be longer for some than for others. You said earlier that there really is no finish line. So what does success in DEI look like to you and for Comerica? And how has that changed and how have your internal DEI conversations and even attitudes changed based on the equality-focused events of the past few months and the strong momentum arising from those events? Excellent question. I would say I want to start with the attitudes because the attitudes, in my opinion, have been, you know, second to none. And the amount of overall colleague support of individuals wanting to get involved, wanting to become more aware, educate themselves as individuals, and then take direction as far as what action can I specifically take as an individual to fight the cause the attitudes have changed tremendously. And I owe that to all of the, you know, unfortunately the unrest that we're seeing in our communities. Um, But I think it's now positive unrest that hopefully will drive to kind of the right conclusion or the right result. The focus around uh, when we think about the conversations that we're having, now the conversations about not just about awareness and being aware of cultures, but it's about really making real policy change, real change to our community. Um, So one, what can we do as a financial services organization to reduce that wealth gap that exists in our all of our communities? What can we do to address it from a financial perspective? How do we reallocate our investments as an organization to create more equity in that particular wealth gap? Uh, What can we do as an organization to be involved, to help get involved in terms of of making change on the real policy side. Things like legislation, getting out to vote, you know, how can we get that education out so individuals can get involved? How can we also play a role on the education side? Not this business education, uh, but how do we create more equity for individuals receiving an education, ultimately creating a more equitable environment as well. So I think the attitude change as a result of the unrest and the coming together of financial institutions, and, and more importantly, the CEOs of financial institutions really coming together and taking and, and really taking control of the will, being in the driver's seat, recognizing the impact that they can make by making a concerted effort to really drive this in the organization. I think has really been phenomenal. Obviously, the uh, the proof will be in the results as we ultimately hope to see changes in policy, et cetera, changes in systems of structure, uh, also systems that promote inequities, uh, the change in those particular systems. But I think where uh, organizations, especially BAI, in terms of what BAI has done is doing today and bringing this thought and bringing thought leaders on the DNI side together, for a common cause, I think has been phenomenal. 
Thank you very much for that tip of the hat. And that wraps up the questions I have. Nate Bennett, Chief Diversity Officer at Comerica Bank. Thanks again for your insights. Uh, We really appreciate it. Great. No, thank you. A few takeaways from our podcast conversation with Comerica's Nate Bennett. First, Nate says the financial industry is taking DEI issues seriously, and in doing so has built up some good positive momentum toward creating more inclusive and equitable workplaces. He points to growing commitment among top executives, educational programs being developed and improved, more willingness to have the sometimes difficult conversations about race on the job, and other pluses. This stronger focus on openness and transparency bodes well for making true progress. And while ample progress is being made, there remains plenty of work to do. In Nate Bennett's view, the path that each financial institution takes towards success with DEI is unique as it is closely linked to that institution's internal culture. Questions are many. How does an institution define inclusion? How does it measure diversity? How does it tactically produce equity? And don't overlook the talent side, how talent is identified, nurtured, and retained. And finally, DEI as an initiative doesn't come with an end date or a finish line, but success will be tangible and observable, beginning with awareness among financial services professionals, continuing into significant changes in attitudes from the board and the C-suite on down, and from there moving into action. What can I do to be part of the solution? The industry sequence is much the same as the nation's as Americans focus their attention on addressing entrenched inequality. Thank you for listening to this week's BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. We're back next week with more insights on key issues facing the financial services industry, so we hope you'll join us.